I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common go head-to-head to see which one does its better. And welcome to part two of our first Clash Podders in control of the year. So on Monday, you wait all day for one bus and then it comes along, but it can't go below 50 miles an hour without blowing up. Typical. But today... We're not bussing it. We're on board a train. Except we're not just talking about a train here. We're talking about a missile the size of the Chrysler building. From 2010, we're unstoppable. I'm Wolf Coulson. We're working together today at train 1206. Is there a problem? I just don't like working at a damn daycare center. I don't like working at a retirement home, so. All right. This ain't training. In training, they just give you an F. Out here, you get killed. We have an unmanned train rolling into a highly populated area with no air brakes. Yeah. We'll have a winner at the end of the show, but which film will it be, Speed or Unstoppable? Let's find out in today's Clash Potters in Control. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Potters. We're not just talking about a train here. We're talking about a missile the size of the Chrysler building. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. How are you both? Yeah, all right. Mm, Clash Potters in control. Second episode. Friend of... request no. slash Fanjan. <laughs> Is it just me? or does it... Fanjan, there's something weird about it. It feels weird to say it. Yeah. Why would that stop us from using it? That's a good point. Fine, yeah. When has it ever stopped us? Sure. Uh, very quickly, if you haven't subscribed to us, if you'd be kind enough to do that on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your pods, it would be massively appreciated by the three of us. And if you're able to give us a little rating and review, we'd be very grateful for that. And if you... Who gives a review? It could be read out on the show by Chris Tilly, a.k.a. Chris Thrilly, which sounds a bit like this. Fanuary? <laughs> worse. <laughs> Getting that worse. That is worse. Yeah. This is... It's a U. For some reason, that's gross. Um, this is from Lange. No- this is from Notorious <laughs> TC. Okay. It's been quite a few years since I found a new film podcast worth listening to. Clash of the Titles is the perfect balance of humorous tangents mixed with insightful commentary. Five stars. 
You read that a couple of weeks ago. No, did he? Yeah. I don't think so. He did. I just listened to the podcast. Really? Yeah, because of the name, Notorious TC. What are you doing, Chris? I'm going to read it next week. It's rule of three. <laughs> Did you really forget? Or is there a joke happening that I don't know about? No, I, and I know you get paranoid that we're doing a joke <laughs> and you, but we're not. Because I, I, don't, I don't recall him reading it. But well, I, listen if you to actually... the fucking podcast occasionally. <laughs> well, no, I'm teasing, but... I do listen to it. Was it on the week that I wasn't on? Because I won't have heard that. All right. I don't... No, you're on it because you say you say thanks, Notorious TC, and you say yeah. And I thought I was going to say because it it's such a fun name, and then I didn't say it, which is why I remembered it. Oh, okay, All sorry, right. this is not interesting. Well, but... no, but it's facts, factual. But it's interesting how you two just you, a you don't believe me, definitely, <laughs> even though I know I'm, I'm right. Just, I'm just saying nothing. I'm embarrassed, <laughs> and I feel like we've wasted quite a lot of time. All right, fine. It all just makes it seem like we don't have more reviews than we do. <laughs> There's a bunch there. there. There's loads. They're just sitting there. It's, it makes it seem like you're just reading the same review until someone else gives us a review. I just don't want to miss one. <laughs> <laughs> Several <Okay>. times. <laughs> well, thank you again. No sorry. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that's, that's lovely. Fine. Appreciate really nice. it. I, I appreciate it weirdly more second time round. <laughs> but uh, I'll let you know how I feel about it next week. <laughs> Right then, on Monday, Vicky took us on a breakneck tour of speed, which means today I'm loco about a locomotive. <laughs> Let me take you on a journey. <laughs> Two bad train people let a massive train get away from them because they're TJ Miller and the dude from My Name is Earl. But we're not just talking about a train here, we're talking about a missile the size of the Chrysler <laughs> building. Things go from bad to worse as a horse box is destroyed. <laughs> And a children's field trip is ruined. <laughs> Step forward, two good train people who are going to put their own lives at risk to stop this train. Sorry, this missile, the size of the Chrysler building. Because there, Denzel Washington and Chris Pine, our heroic duo, managed to eventually stop the train while being cheered on by all the staff at Hooters. The end. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for your consideration, unstoppable. You're saying Chris Pine's a good train person in this. Yeah. He's, good, he's good. quite crap. No, he's a good At train person. Trains. He does a lot. Yeah, he's doing <laughs> trains. Yeah. <laughs> he's really rubbish at trains. He's brave he and he's good at action, yeah. but at trains, he's, he's terrible. Not crazy, yeah. And he's clear. He's like, he's, I'm just out of training. Yeah, yeah I'm facing the wrong way. I've put too many carriages on. Yeah. He literally got, he went, goes backwards when he shouldn't or something. That's or as Denzel Washington says in the film, you do that in training, you get an F. Yeah. Out here, you die. You get killed, yeah. yeah. Which is news to me. I didn't know. I did. I understand it's dangerous now, but I didn't think that at the time. What, using trains? Just trains. I just, I knew that, they're, you know, they can be dangerous, but I didn't think you'd have that sort of grizzled thing of like, out here, you die. I don't think anyone's ever said that on a train. No. I think that's maybe, that's Hollywood licence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How? Well, you could, I mean, if I have shot you. <laughs> <laughs> if we had a big fatal fight. While you're on the train. Yeah. Leaves on you the die. line. Yeah, oh God, leaves on the line. Wrong kind of leaves. Wrong kind blah, of leaves, blah, blah, yeah. Blah. All right, let me tell you a little bit about the movie. In 2004, producer Julie Yorn approached Mark Bomback, a writer, with an article about the, and I'm only going to say it once, CSX 8888. 
Runaway Train. So this is the true story. This film is based on, uh, also known as the sappily titled Crazy Eights Incident. So a 47-car-long train carrying thousands of gallons of toxic liquid fennel rolled out of its Ohio yard in 2001 after an engineer exited the train to align a railroad switch. He couldn't get back on board as it gained speed. Multiple attempts to derail the train failed. The chemicals on board meant potential explosions, second and third degree burns and poisoned ecosystems. So, a North Brown freight train featuring veteran engineer Jess Knowlton and a new conductor, Terry Forston, waited for the 8888 to pass. They chased the runaway locomotive down, stopped it by attaching their train, applying the dynamic brakes, while another railroad worker jumped onto the moving train and pulled its brake. So, it's pretty much all there in real life. Wow. It is a very, very similar to the actual events, what happens in this film with added horse box. So, Mark Bombach, biggest film to this point, had been Die Hard 4. Right. Any love for Die Hard 4? Is that the Simon Says script? No, that's Die Hard 3. Uh, no, no, absolutely no love for Die Hard 4. No. I've seen it and I didn't like it. No, it's not a good film. No. It's the Timothy Oliphant villain one. Mm. It is apparently the script for 24, the movie, mm. that they repurposed oh, yeah. for Die Hard 4, hence the daughter story. Uh, since Unstoppable, he's done Total Recall, the new one. Not a good one. Uh, the Wolverine. The second best Wolverine standalone mm, movie. It's not a great film. Uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, uh, which is good, and War for the Planet of the Apes, which is great. And then I haven't seen this. Have you seen Defending Jacob, the Apple TV series? Apparently it's great. I don't know. He it. created that no. recently. Anyway, the reason I bring it up is he says, the stuff I wrote before Unstoppable, uh, there's stuff I wrote before Unstoppable and there's stuff I wrote afterwards. It was the first script I wrote that I felt this is what I should be doing for a living. So he pitched the idea to 20th Century Fox, wrote a script, brought it back to them, and they said, he quotes, Tom Rothman, the head of the studio at the time, says it was his favourite script ever. Wow. So did he need to get the rights to this story? I don't think you do if it's a... A story in the news. news. Mm. I was just surprised at how closely it follows the real-life story. Yeah, well, we'll get on to mm. we'll get on to that because the two people who were involved in the actual events that I just mentioned uh, were brought into the movie. They initially weren't going to be, uh, but Tony Scott brings them in. But I'll tell you about that in a second. Uh, so Fox struggled to find a director initially. Uh, Robert Schwenkt Schwenke. He did Flight Plan and Red. Uh, he was first attached, uh, but he couldn't get the casting right, so he left. Martin Campbell, Casino Royale, GoldenEye, etc., came on board in 2007. Uh, couldn't find a lead actor that he liked for Barnes, uh, Denzel Washington's character. And then there were murmurings that Tony Scott was interested. Bombach says everyone was like, he's not going to do it. He's just made a Subway movie, The Taking of Pelham 123. And then they get a call saying Tony Scott loved the script. Tony Scott says, and he describes himself as a slow reader normally, mm-hmm. he said that uh, he read it in one sitting and called it, It's Speed on Speed. Wow. I just flashed through it and I said, Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> So, Bombeck was initially worried that Scott was going to bring some Top Gun-like machismo to the set, but then he met Scott and Scott at their first meeting. They met for dinner, and he'd called Knowlton and Forson, the real rail workers who were involved in the event, flown them to the dinner, and in Bombeck's words, he ordered them the most expensive steaks mm, and wine. With a 
big fat cigar in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and from that point onwards, they were the most important people on set. Uh, Bombeck says, at Tony's insistence, we included them. He drastically improved the script with uh, all this rich detail these guys brought in, and it changed their lives. To have celebrated their heroic act in their absence would have been a tragedy. So Scott casts Denzel Washington as Barnes. Collaboration number five. After Crimson Tide, Man on Fire, Deja Vu, The Taking of Pelham, one, two, three, and now this. And then Chris Prime was just pretty hot after Star Trek. Mm. So he gets on board. Literally and metaphorically. Yeah. Critical hit. This was Scott's best-reviewed film since 1995's Crimson Tide. I obviously looked at all this, and I, I knew it already, but I just it beggars belief that Man on Fire has only 38% on Rotten Tomatoes because that film is phenomenal. Mm. Mm. And when I interviewed Denzel Washington in New York City, uh, we were talking about all, we went through all his movies and he said Man on Fire is his wife's favourite of his own films. Such a good film, mm. which we are doing. We will do it, yeah. Yeah, we are. We're going to do it this We've year sometime. I've got an idea. I've got mm. an idea for that one. We have. All right, shall we go through this movie or sure. any more for any more? No. Uh, no, but did you listen to that Quentin Tarantino podcast? I know I you told me to. I told you I've been in bed all week with the flu, so no, I haven't listened okay. to it. There's a two-hour podcast. I can't listen to podcasts in bed. <laughs> He did <laughs> last year, The Rewatchables, where he was just saying he thinks this is one of the best films of the last 25 years, mm. and he spends two hours discussing it, so I might pull in some of the things he says, because much as I like this, it's a big shout to say best of the century. He's into big shouts like that, Quentin. Yeah, though. which is cool. I, I mean, remember, remember when he was like, Crawl is one of the greatest movies I've seen this year. Mm. So, yeah. Good film. Great film. So uh, now, before we start, when, when was the first time you saw Unstoppable, Alex? Oh, good question. Um, I watched it at the cinema and that was it. I've seen it once. I've seen it once before. I watched it at the cinema. I think I gave it four stars when I was reviewing it at the time. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, same-ish. Vicky, I wa- just watched it. I don't yeah. know why. I had lots of fun, and then I forgot. I forgot I'd even seen it. To be right, honest. and then I remembered I'd seen it. So you were right to not do that section because we had nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Moving on. No, it's not your fault. It's all about. <clears throat> so, first off, uh, we meet Will, played by Chris Pine, who is sleeping on his brother's sofa, having had a restraining order issued against him by his wife for something. Um, he didn't hit her. But he scared her or grabbed her. It's pretty vague, to be perfectly honest, because Denzel at one point goes, did you hit her? Mm. And he's like, define hit. (laughs) He's also a bit like, I know it's a different time, but he's like, no, I didn't hit her, I scared her. So it's like, do you want a fucking medal for that? Oh, you're a good guy now. And he never addresses. That's fine. Like, it's it's an incident. But it's this weird thing. It's like, if you're now brave, she'll forgive you, but you've definitely got anger issues. So yeah. I those... mean, that whole ending, I, I, I've written it down. It does seem to be like, you can hit, not hit your wife. Yeah. But Do if you cool. stop a train <laughs> yeah. on TV, yeah. then all's forgiven. But as yeah. the film progresses, doesn't he, uh, you know, he's not really giving much away, but later on he does reveal everything that he's done and completely says he was in the wrong. Yeah, but it doesn't change the fact that he has serious jealousy issues. Sure. Basically, Agreed. she's on the phone to someone, he thinks it's this 
cop who is a friend of hers, so he threatens the cop with a gun. And I think it's the cop that gives him the restraining order. Although yeah. I don't think that could be... I don't think that's possible. No, I don't it? either. But then it turns out it's his, it's her, it was yeah. her you sister. Prob- you probably need a line in there at the end where he says, yes, I'm going to go to counselling. I'm yeah, going to exactly. have, you know... Because just... he doesn't actually say sorry. The way yeah. he says, he's like, you'll never guess who it was on the phone. It was her fucking sister. And yeah. he's not like, I'm there for a very, you know, there was no reason for me to go off like that. Mm. I shouldn't go off like that anyway. But he doesn't say, oh, I'm sorry. He's just like, I feel like an idiot because I got caught out or something. Or you could go completely the other way. And at the end, um, his wife turns up, Darcy turns up and hugs him and then hugs Denzel Washington. And then Chris Pine punches Denzel Washington. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Freeze frame. Well, no, you're right. Because there's <laughs> Freeze a frame on that. You're Oof. To he's like a big guy. <laughs> and his explanation is he goes around to the police officer's house and he says to the police officer, she's my wife, find a new friend. And yeah. it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Not allowed any male friends. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's got problems. It's sort of, it never, it's just, it's, it's the one sort of black mark on this movie because I'm like, I don't, it's sort yeah. of never really resolved and it's and also, like, I think it's meant to make you think he's either sympathetic or sort of sexy because he's got things he will go to the mat for, which is his wife's not allowed to talk to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> which is not very good. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, it means that he can only now watch his son uh, board the school bus from afar like mm. a creepoid. <laughs> yeah. um, but it turns out he's got his job on the railroad because of nepotism and because they can pay him less because they're paying, uh, getting rid of the older workers who they have to pay more, who've been there 20 years. And that's why Barnes isn't too friendly to Will when they meet because he's seen too many of his good buddy old timers fired to get these cheaper young guys in. So we got our duo and we got a nice bit of conflict there for them to talk about on the train so that's nice mm, it's all very economical here I think yeah. in terms of establishing the characters and getting going but we need a villain say hello to Locomotive 777 who is introduced by the Rail Network's very own Chuckle Brothers Dewey and Gilles Gillespie Gillespie Dewey and Gillespie oh, they're a double act waiting for their big break they're good aren't they they're so good together um so, through a mixture of not attaching the air brakes, misaligning the throttle, and a comedy pratfall when they're chasing an empty train, they let the beast loose. Mm-hmm. Um, although, initially, people think it's fine. People are laughing because they yeah. think the train's only going to be travelling at 10 miles yeah. an hour and they can totally catch it up. But before we find out that that's not the case, we meet Ned, mm-hmm. uh, played by Lou Chapman, a cowboy who works on the railways and drives a truck with the license plate Ned One. Uh, spoiler alert: Is this everyone's MVW? Oh my god, he's so <laughs> fucking brilliant! Isn't he amazing? I've amazing. I literally wrote it's down. Unbelievable! Yeah, he, is he such nicks the whole thing. A well-drawn character as well. He's such a well-drawn character because, like, immediately from the conversation with the waitress to him jumping in the truck to the way he talks on the phone, yep. like traffic. I'll be there in six minutes. Traffic continues. Yeah. And you're like, he's that security guard who wears all his keys on his belt yeah. and has a holster for his mobile phone. It's someone who just genuinely thinks they are hot shit at their job, but regardless he, of what the job but is. But he makes you believe he is hot shit. Mm. He, you, there's a, there's a, that's such a well-known character. And it's this little bit David Brent that it's like, you're faintly ridiculous, well, more than faintly, but you're ridiculous for being like, sorry, lead welder. Like, when he says <laughs> it, you're like, oh, wow. Well, okay. no, I, think I'm the opposite. I didn't believe he was good at his job. But then he proves you wrong by being brilliant, I think. I thought, well, this is a guy just talking shit. Yeah. And then, but no, we took different things from it. But then, so I'm even more pleasantly surprised. Oh, my God, he's actually, he's 
he's better than he's even saying he yeah, is. Yeah, he's he's really good. <laughs> yeah, and also I think you know what the best small characters in movies are the ones where you can imagine an entire film about them. Mm. Yeah, and he's one where I could happily have watched his story for two hours. Well, then you'll be unhappy with this next fact because I, I think you can agree he gets quite a big intro for someone who then disappears for large portions of the movie. Uh, so Chapman's role in Unstoppable had been bigger on the page, but due to scheduling constraints, some scenes were cut. But Chapman didn't mind because Tony said I know this wasn't the role you signed on for but I appreciate you being so professional about it and that's why I'm not going to forget you uh, that's all it took I always respected that it's fine though you can have too much of a good thing just yeah. come in come in and steal the movie in two or three scenes yeah, yeah. job done I don't know I could have done more of him I, I really I was sort of I miss him when he's not on yeah and there's a moment later where Rosario Dawson seems annoyed that he's turned he's popped back up whereas she's it's not her fault but it's like her character's out of step with the audience because she's like is Ned still around and you're like yay Ned's coming back but she just seems a bit disgruntled because he seems like a comedy character mm. so he's so good uh, so Barnes and Will are bickering away on the train uh, while over with engine 777 helicopters are now flying over it. I could literally watch helicopters flying close to this train for two hours. Right. It's just, it looks so good. And it's because they're real and the train's real. Mm. Actual helicopters, actual train. Uh, Scott said he did toy with doing a lot with CGI and then thought, no, because this needs to feel real. You yeah. need to feel it's like you're on this train. Astonishingly well directed. It's amazing. It's so good. I mean, he had apparently he had he always shot with a lot of cameras, but like because they'd often do just one take of a scene because like they were so the scale was so big, like he had like fifteen cameras shooting at any one time, yeah. and uh, his editor must like it must be I think his editor had quite a hard time on Domino because it was just like it was so, that was so fast cut. Mm. And Tarantino was saying that this is completely the opposite of how he shoots. He shoots with one or two cameras, Tarantino, and there's nothing that's shot that he hasn't planned and is going to go in the film. Whereas Tony is putting cameras everywhere mm. in with the knowledge that something's going to come out of this. Something yeah. good from one angle that I'm maybe not expecting. So that's quite interesting, the, the difference between the two of them. And it's the motion as well. I think Tony Scott uh, talked about how you can have quite a static scene that looks like shit tons is going on in yeah. the scene because the cameras are always in motion. Well, he yeah. does that in the command centre thing. That's basically a call centre with Rosario Dawson stood in front of a big telly. But the way that everything sweeps around, it looks like the most kinetic, dynamic thing possible, even though no one's even moving. It's amazing. Mm. It, it, the camera never stops moving in Domino. And I find that film almost impossible to watch, mm. the, the Tony Scott, uh, Richard Kelly movie. And yet it's the same here. It's in that opening scene, it's happening. And I was thinking, oh, no, we've got another domino. But it's that combination of the movement matching the the storyline and the theme. But also he's using these different film and cameras and filters and stock. And so not only is the camera on the move, but the image is on the move as well. And so it just it all combines to, to make the action so much more exciting than, say, I would say a Michael Bay film. Yeah. Because with Tony Scott, I always know physically and geographically where I am. Yeah. Whereas with the Michael Bay ones of recent years, I'm just confused yeah. and my brain switches off. I agree. I also think, fundamentally, you've got a train travelling along a straight track, right, yeah. uh, which isn't that dynamic a thing. But because of all the motion of the cameras around it, it suddenly transforms it into this like, oh my God, what could happen? It's going to go down the track. But, <laughs> but what could happen? And, and with the combination of the news as well, it really feels like it's happening in real time, which yeah. is helpful. Mm. We find out this train is full of molten fennel. This which... is a funny bit. But they're like, 
what is molten fennel? Yeah, and that Normally, dude. There was a computer <laughs> that we because I was like, this what year is it's twenty ten? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the fucking computer. They're like, guy, what what is this stuff? And he's like, well, take my word yeah. for it. Well, no, I have to do I because of Google. It is toxic and very combustible. Which means uh, Connie, uh, Rosario Dawson's character, gets to say what is clearly my favourite line from the movie. We're not just talking about a train here. <laughs> We're talking about a missile. missile the, size the size of, of the Chrysler, Chrysler building. building. To which someone should go, the Chrysler building. God, is that bigger or smaller than the Empire State Building? Because <laughs> I know that I know that one is big, but the Chrysler building, it's definitely still big. <laughs> but is it bigger than the Empire State Building. Fingers on buzzers. <laughs> it's just a weird... I mean, I know why they picked it, because it's it's a big building with a recognisable name, and it flows off the tongue. We're talking about the mis- a, a, a missile the size of the Empire State Building. Yeah. It's too much. It's too much. So, let's meet the business side of the rail network. Mr Galvin, played by the brilliant Kevin Dunn, mm. uh, who appears on screen wearing a T-shirt saying, I'm a corporate arsehole. Yeah, this is the thing. Why are, they, why are the suits? They're never right, are they? How do they get to do their job? Like, I, w- I don't know what it was like in real life, the real story, but obviously it's like these blue-collar guys versus mm. corporate America. And there's a class war going on and there's some sexism because, like, Connie knows what's going on, but the men won't listen. It's Mm. like, just chuck it all in. But these suits, they never, never know. It's baffling that they've got to that position of power. And if it wasn't clear enough that these dudes are money men, uh, then uh, Mr Galvin has a conversation with his boss who doesn't stop playing golf during the crisis (laughs) and answers the phone with, Hi, I'm an even bigger corporate (laughs) arsehole. My dad would be the same, though. You wouldn't want to ruin a good round. (laughs) Not if you can do it at the same time. Do you play golf? No, my, oh. my dad and my brother. I play really a lot want of golf. to. I, genuinely, it's like. It's I want, time for you. I can play golf. I can play golf. Maybe come out for a round with me, me and Ted Tilly. Okay. Yeah, that'd be nice. I'll do that. Oh, I'm oh. down to his club. Didn't expect that to happen on this episode. Oh, and he's always looking for new people to play. I with. do what I do. I, I mean, you I've never played Charlie. Play against. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. For, it's money. for, for yeah. high stakes. Yeah. <laughs> Does he send you out? Bring me some new flesh. <laughs> Bring me some new flesh, Christopher. Someone I can trounce. <laughs> Does your dad say trounce? I imagine he does. It's a great <laughs> word. Okay. So, before you get bored of people talking in this movie, more cameras whizzing round <laughs> trains and helicopters flying dangerously close to the train. Honestly, whenever you think this film's going to dip, bang, helicopter, train, cameras and, moving. And because they're using news reports, it means that when something cool happens, the film can replay it two or three times. <laughs> right, and so yeah. you get several bites of the cherry to, to build the panic. Yeah. And also, the other good thing that they do to make this more exciting is they make the train roar. It's like got its own voice. It's like... Train. Yeah, <laughs> that's what Tarantino was saying. This is a monster movie. This is a Godzilla mm. film. Yeah, it is. It reminds me of the truck and duel. Um, yes. Yeah, specifically where it goes over the cliff at the end, and it sort of it actually sort of roars like a dying monster. It's like yeah, they, they, used, they used animal roars, didn't they, for that? It's a it's the T Rex roar from One Million Years BC mm-hmm. slowed down, and Spielberg used it at the end of Jaws when the truck goes over the cliff. He uses it again when the shark's carcass sinks to the bottom of the ocean in Jaws. Oh, it's nice. the same sound effect. Alex trivia this week. <laughs> I know a couple of lads who are just finishing up a documentary, a feature documentary about Jaws. Really? Yeah, if we want to do that sometime, maybe we'll get them on. I haven't seen that movie in years, but as a kid, I must have watched it like 20 times. I was obsessed with Jewel. Oh. I thought it was great. So we get our first big action set piece. We've 
already seen this train destroy a horse box, uh, which is cool. But this is the first attempted stopping of the train by the corporate assholes. So they try and lower a former Marine turned railroad worker onto the train. Shit goes wrong. He hits a windscreen, goes limp and looks pretty much dead, Dead. (laughs) which is why it's weird that the guy in the call centre goes, that's a no-go. Yeah, (laughs) it seems really cold. Yeah, like... His I mean, little broken body just <laughs> dangling around. That didn't work. I mean, dude, sometimes saying like something cool isn't always the right yeah. thing. You know, <laughs> a bit of respect. Reference it first and goes, oh my God, I hope he's okay. Also, that's a no go <laughs> for the landing him on the train yeah. plan. And also, we're never going to try it again. Oh, why not? Just not. Just mm. not going to try that again. Uh, and then Judd, who's driving the train trying to stop the 77, uh, he gets derailed and dies. But that's okay in movie logic because he was a bit of a dick to Chris Pine at yeah. the start. So he can die. Yeah. But he raises the stakes, doesn't it? Because he's a friend of Denzel's. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we learn that Denzel obviously has lost his job and so he's really got no reason to be loyal and do this and now he knows that he could die because his mates just died it makes mm. it all the more impressive the decision that he takes um for this derailment sequence and there's a reason i'm telling you this so they built functional trains from scratch that weighed twenty five thousand pounds each um They had pressurised cylinders inside that would shove down at the push of a button and flip the train on its side. So Joe Pancake, the film's stunt coordinator, said he knew that this derailment scene was going to be an oh shit moment. And now are you ready for the Joe Pancake quote that sounds like every meeting we have after this show in the pub? Yeah. (laughs) He says, when you draw it up on the bar on a napkin, it's like, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> then you sober up the next day and go, what the hell? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. A few, few of the live show ideas that seem very good at half 11 in the pub. Um, no, that's a good shout. Uh, it was the first derailment of its kind, shot in a live action movie in one take. Um, when Judd dies, though, as Scott does cut to Dewey's face, um, the guy who let the train escape at the start, and it's a, just a really good moment because he didn't say anything, but you can see, like, on his face, like, the actual, the now very real world yeah. cost of what he's that done. That was my fault. Yeah. I feel like in American cinema and TV, I feel like Dewey is shorthand for stupid. Yeah. <laughs> is it not that yeah. name? Yeah. What's, What's the famous one? Dewey. Huey. Oh, it's Louis. Um, no, nephews. Scream. Dewey, the exactly. stupid, yeah, yeah, yeah. dopey. Yeah. Um, speaking of names, Joe Pancake. <laughs> did you do any? Did you do any research into him? I was just—it was enough. I was like, Joe Pancake, you're going in my script. <laughs> I'm looking up. He's a big deal, isn't yeah, he? he? Is. He's yeah. got a B, He's got a BFI page. Mm. But um, what a name! Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> it's sort of like if you're flipping a train on its side and you don't want anyone to get squashed. Who's in charge? Joe Pancake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right then, let's take a quick break. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, we're back. Uh, now Barnes and Will are chasing 777. The hunter has become the hunter. <laughs> I don't know why. When I wrote that line in the script, I was just like, that's stupid. You like it. I like it. Yeah, Yeah. you can have it. Thanks very much. Uh, There is a script for the show. So um, they're putting their lives at risk to stop this train, uh, which gives us a wonderful bit of writing. I really like this moment where Mr. Galvin doesn't want them to do this and is huffing and puffing and says, you do this and you're fired. And Barnes gets to go, you already fired me. Yeah, that's nice. It's good, isn't it? It's very good. Um, then he just keeps threatening to fire everyone. And that doesn't quite work. You should no. be like, you're not just fired. I'll see you in court or blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, he's had to take forced early retirement with half benefits. So he's going to do it, though. But it's up to Will. Will's in the carriage with him in the driver's cabin. So, Will, is he going to disobey his corporate paymasters? What killer line? Is Will going to deliver oh, no. to tell us oh, that he cringe. is going to do what he wants and he's gonna he's gonna stop this train? What's the line? Over to you, Will. I'm letting you know we're gonna run this bitch down. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly a bit of me I curled up for him. Because he is brilliant. You know, it's that sort of film where it's like, I'm going to give this line. But this, but this train gets called a bitch quite a lot, which is odd. Well, That's actually, more a ship, isn't it? You should call a ship a bitch. Yeah, well, I mean, definitely, because they are total bitches. <laughs> but trains? Well, it's quite confused, to be perfectly honest. Uh, so we're going to run this bitch down. So 777 is a bitch yeah, at this point. Bitch. However, in a literally the next scene, Mr. Galvin is talking about how the mobile derailer they're using... He says, the son of a bitch won't even know what hit it. Yep. 
People seem very confused about the gender of this runaway they train, which is no wonder it's running well. away. Yeah, they do ref- like the shit. They say, give her everything, like whatever, the throttle or something. Mm. So she, the train is her, and then, but then the train is a son of a bitch. So would it be knows? better if we, he said we're going to run this twat down? <laughs> it would be unexpected, <laughs> so therefore good. We're going to run this minge down. <laughs> whoa! Whoa! I'm just saying, all the different things. All the different things. <laughs> That's, I only followed the pattern that was already happening yep. in the studio. We went from bitch to twat to minge. That's the rule. Wowzers. Great. No. No, no, no it's fine. I'm fine. I just, I'm just shocked. That's all. I don't say that very often. Starting the year as we mean to go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we get a bit of backstory for Barnes. His wife died of cancer. Fridged. Sorry, she was. <laughs> So, uh, as I've repeatedly said, um, it's it, on other episodes, it's reaction shots of people watching action that makes action really ping. Okay. I really think when people, you see something happening and you're the audience and you're like, that looks cool. But then when you see other people going, oh my God, then it doubles down on your emotion already and makes it even more exciting. And it works even better when those shots are from loved ones watching our heroes be heroic in Hooters. In Hooters, <laughs> lads, lads, lads. <laughs> we we we've never been to Hooters together. I think we should sort that out. Have you been to Hooters? I've been to a Hooters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I Which did. One in Nottingham. It was. Oh, really? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I don't, that sound. I, no, this is bad because I, I just did the same thing. Yeah. Like, why? That's not. There's nothing wrong with it being in Nottingham. I went to one in Los Angeles. No, was it L.A. or Toronto? No, it's Toronto. I went to one in. Mm-hmm. No, Vancouver. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it, it doesn't was... matter. I do think it's funny. The, this is right at the beginning of the film, and they're trying to get to know each other. Will and Barnes. And Will says, "Oh, tell me about your daughter." And he's like, "Well, you know, they're um, oh, yeah. they're paying their way through college by by working as a waitress." And he goes, "Where?" Hooters. I meant the college. Like, when someone says where, he's like, where do they go to school? I don't give a shit where they waitress. Why would anyone and care? Reaction, he say at that point, he goes, he goes I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah, their, reactions, their reactions, I think, are very funny. And I think it's some very good acting. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Hooters, uh, weirdly, uh, I went down a rabbit hole on Hooters, uh, not actually doing as well as it once did. Really? Surprisingly. I wonder why that could be. Yeah, well, I can tell you. Uh, and it's not the answer you might no, I'm, think. No, I'm interested. Uh, really? Is it rent rather than changing politics? Uh, well, <laughs> obviously it's the changing politics is one uh, people Chicken protesting. Really We've just done Coyote Ugly, so yeah, yeah. there's uh, not a huge amount of difference. No, no. Um, it's it's partially because uh, of obviously the changing world. It's also because their menu is now not what millennials like. Mm-hmm. It's a very old school menu. Here's the weird one. Um, there was a survey done in conjunction with our sponsor Pornhub, <laughs> and it, this is going to blow your mind. Breasts are not one of the major searches that goes into Pornhub. Um, I wondered why you went to Minge so quickly. <laughs> So it turns out, like the, the appetites of men are—it's no longer looking at boobies. at boobies in a in a restaurant. I don't, I don't know where this is going. That was it. That was that's my that's my fact. That's one of the reasons why Hooters is going downhill. Because so it's, it's too tame. But or... they serve breasts, don't they? <laughs> they uh, chicken was chicken is the ho- the main thing I think in Hooters. I probably I've, I I don't know that I ate there. It, I'm not. <laughs> I think it's a chicken wings place, basically. and you have to eat there. <laughs> Yes, it is a chicken wings yeah. place, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't go on Pornhub. 
Don't No one asked. Weird. No one asked. Vicky suggested that I'd said Minge because I'd been on Pornhub recently. Which I is just, true. I read a survey that quoted Pornhub. And then I had to check what porn hub was. <laughs> yeah. heard of what it before. Is this? Uh, yes. Um, here, uh, just another interesting Hooters story. Um, they were sued by two men who tried to get jobs there and were turned away. Mm-hmm. And they sued Hooters for uh, discrimination. Yep. And they uh, lost. <laughs> Hooters settled out of court, um, but uh, they weren't then forced to employ men as servers based on this quite disturbing argument. They claimed they weren't hiring waitresses, they were hiring entertainers. Mm. Yeah. who didn't interview as much as, in their words, audition. Yeah. yeah, didn't they keep an eye on people's measurements? They got in trouble for that for the waitresses in case they put on weight, then yeah. you were in danger of losing your job. Well, it's that Abercrombie and Fitch story, I think I, oh, I told yeah. you before, where they have different tiers of staff, and if you're mm. really beautiful, you're allowed to be on the floor and talk to customers. If you're second-tier level beautiful, you're allowed to be on the floor, but you cannot speak to customers. <laughs> and if you're not beautiful enough, you work behind the scenes. <laughs> Which they, they take the piss out of that, don't they? In neighbours, in bad neighbours, when it's Zac Efron and, and Seth Rogen <laughs> shirtless outside Abercrombie oh, yeah, and Fitz. <laughs> anyway, Denzel's daughters are watching Dad on the screen while Dad is saying things to the corporate suits like, not for you. I'm not doing it for you. That is why you pay Denzel Washington oh, yeah. $20 million yes. for this movie. Because also, the the bit with the, when he's with Chris Pine at the beginning, is there anyone better at passive aggression than Denzel Washington? I don't think so. Like He's like, no, no, we're cool, we're cool. I hate you. No, yeah. no, no, everything's uh, fine. Yeah. And also, but I mean, just to use that example, is there anyone better than Denzel Washington as being an everyman and saying yeah. profound things in an everyman voice to corporate arseholes? <laughs> yeah. He's so good. He's so good in this movie. Uh, meanwhile, Darcy, Will's wife, who he definitely didn't hit, uh, is watching, going, come on, baby, as he gets blasted in the face by loads of grain. Do you know what that grain actually was that they used in the movie? You know when he tries to attach the air was brakes? It, and the- uh, porridge. Was it uh, stones? <laughs> was it uh, fluff? Again, I, I think I said on the last episode or two weeks ago, you can say you don't know. <laughs> You, you don't. Of all the things that you said popcorn. to me in our lives, that's actually a really. I, I've t- tried to take that on board because it's Clearly a really not. good idea. Sorry, I just forgot. When? For the, for the, the for last week. second? Yeah, last um, week. Popcorn. No, Rice Krispies. Oh, yeah. oh, I was close. You were close. You were close. Because I'm looking at popcorn on the screen. <laughs> yeah, uh, Rice Krispies. Uh, but like I said earlier, lesson for us all menace your partner, get a restraining order. Easiest way to get back in their good backs is reattach some air brakes to a train while being blasted with Rice Krispies. <laughs> there is a red letter day. <laughs> So Will gets his moment. Now it's Denzel's turn, leaping from car to car. Oh, do you know, when I saw that moment, because it's like, oh, Chris Pine's had a pop, now Denzel's going to get a go. Is that a casting thing? It's like they both want a shot at the hero, or did that really happen? So um, the the, the heroism was shared kind of thing. I... It isn't reported exactly in detail in the real story. I mean, clearly in the movie, it's so they both get their hero yeah. moments, so they both equally do it. The thing um, is, Darcy as well, when they go to the curve, she's taken her son down to the curve to watch his dad die, potentially, because <laughs> it might not definitely work. And then at the you end... You would want to see that, though. I mean, yeah, yeah, it, if it's, 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 it's a proper rubbernecking thing. It's like <laughs> a train. Are we far enough away to not get hurt? Cool, I want to see it. You know when you sort of be a bit like, fuck, it didn't come off the tracks. (laughs) And also at the end, when she's giving him a hug, he now can go to prison because he's broken the terms of the restraining order because he's within 30 feet of her. So that's problematic for him. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, so Denzel, actually, I couldn't work this out. I'm going to read you the quote. So that's him apparently leaping from train car to train car on top of the train. This is the quote. Um, it, when he was asked about doing his own stunt uh, in that moment, he said, uh, being an idiot is what compelled me to do my own stunts. I think the audiences know when it's green screen, when it's fake and they can relax. Every time you see me on top of a train, that's really me. We had a stuntman who did most of it, but I had to do it as well. <laughs> okay, when no trains were static. Um. Yeah, I mean, apparently both of them did 75% of their own stunts in the film. I don't know how you worked that out. I, I wondered if it's like, so Denzel, uh, you're going to walk uh, these three metres mm. and then the stuntman's going to do that quite dangerous one metre jump. Yeah. And Denzel goes, so I've done 75% of this stunt then. <laughs> Well, the the jumps, the stunt, but I've walked yeah, the I've three metres, so that's 75%. <laughs> Thanks going on the CV. <laughs> so um, uh, we're getting to the climax now. <laughs> that sounded like I was climaxing. <laughs> we're getting to the climax now. First of all, uh, the brakes on the train blow. Uh, and for some reason, they give that observation to a newscaster who seemingly knows a shit ton about trains because yeah. he goes, looks like the brakes have blown. It's yeah. like... Okay, <laughs> fine. Uh, then Cowboy Ned turns up Yay! again and drives Will to the cabin and encourages him to jump from a moving vehicle onto a moving train with the words, do it, you pussy. Brilliant. Mm. I like it. Come on, Ned. <laughs> nope, perfect. He's got a bad foot. Don't call him that. He's just been so brave. <laughs> um, visually, though, this climax, uh, as well as the drama, is everything for me. Train, pickup helicopters, emergency vehicles, all shot by Tony Scott. It's incredible. Yep. It just looks great. It's so hard to believe that a movie about a train yeah, is going this in a exciting. Line. Yeah. So they stop the train. Uh, it cuts to Mr. Galvin for some reason livid that their plan worked <laughs> and saved the company loads of money and embarrassment. Uh, Connie gives Barnes a kiss, uh, which knowing that his wife is dead might suggest something might happen there. I think it was, wasn't it? Is it? Yeah, I read that. First time I watched it, didn't see it. Second time I was like, I think they're saying there's another future. Mm. Do you not think? I, I did. Maybe. I think. I mean, I, I don't know, but I, I, I maybe it's. I no, it wasn't the kiss. It's that she says. Good daughters. So it's like, oh, now, you, now you're there, Mum. Part of the family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we get our epilogue. Uh, Frank retired with full benefits. Oscar Galvin is replaced. Dewey now works in the fast food industry. And Will will never hit his wife again. <laughs> <laughs> the Definitely. End. <laughs> uh, actually, not any more for any more? No. All right, let's do the bits then. Chris, best scene. Um, I lost my shit at one moment in this film, and it's when they talked about lifting the flange. Wow, okay. <laughs> um, because the derailment can happen by lifting the flange. I've I replayed it about three times, that's what they said, so I googled flange, and a flange refers to the projecting edge or rim on the circumference of a steel wheel that is designed to keep the wheel on a rail. Does she not know that? Everyone knows that. Um, but no, now that's why I called it flangeberry. Okay. We're in the right month. Okay. Do you want to? I don't, I can't. No. <laughs> <laughs> What's your best scene then? You, the, 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 the thing you just talked about, which is... You're so raven right now. 
the jump because Ned's turned back up and I love Ned so driving Chris Pine down the parallel road very fast to jump onto the pickup to jump off the pickup that's the best bit that's great it's great Uh, I've just written any scene with helicopters emergency vehicles and the train all moving at high speed dangerously close to each other shot by Tony Scott yeah any of them yeah and there's a lot there's a lot and it just it thrills me Uh, MVW Vicky Uh, Ned Okay. Yep, sorry. It should be Denzel, obviously, because it, it tends to be whenever he turns up, but mm. it just isn't. Ned steals the whole thing. I like him. I, w- I couldn't put my finger on why I like him so much because he's not my sort of bloke, but I just was like, he just would make you feel really safe. Like, if he said he could do something, he can do it. Do you not think he'd be annoying? Like, that waitress at the start she when he's... hates him, yeah. Yeah, because he's rabbiting on about, like, yeah. his job to her. Yeah. I mean, could, could you mm. listen to someone... I can't be with anyone. <laughs> yeah. I can't be with anyone. I can't be near anyone that talks more than I do. Right. Obviously. I don't think you and Ned would make a good couple. Then. No. If I can't hear my own voice, I'd say for you know, like thirty-five seconds, I start to panic. <laughs> I think I'm dead. <laughs> Have I died? Have I died? Oh no! I'm. I'm. Wait. No, it's me. I'm back. <laughs> Uh, Chris, your MVW. Uh, sorry, I should have said flange. Also means something else in British slang. I don't think I was clear on that. What does it mean? <laughs> he wants to say he fanny doesn't flags. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't think I know. Okay, so that's, he... why, that's why you looked at me so quizzically. Right, okay. It's yeah. a rude, it's a quite a rude term. Fine, Get, check it on your Pornhub. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's not my Pornhub. It's everyone's Pornhub. <laughs> so I mean, it it would be ridiculous not to give Tony Scott a shout out. Mm-hmm. This is maybe the greatest Tony Scott film. Yep. Um, apart from the other ones I like more. But I'm going <laughs> with uh, Lou Temple, who plays Ned, because I think that character... Is on Lou the... Temple? Oh, I think I called him Lou Chapman earlier. My mistake. I think that character on the page isn't particularly good. I think that guy is the person who delivers and injects all that personality into him. Mm. So, yeah, I'm going for Lou Temple. Um... Well, it's a tough one. It's one of two for me. It's either Denzel Washington because he brings premium Denzel wholesomeness to this uh, or Tony Scott for somehow making a train moving along a track in a straight line the most exciting thing in the world. And so in the end, I have decided to give it to both of them because as a team, they are incredible. Every one of their five movies is brilliant apart from Deja Vu. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't mind it. Really? Yeah, I didn't love it, but it's it's all the right ingredients. I just remember being really confused by it. Like, yeah, I was, by I, the end, I think yeah. the the bit where isn't he wearing some special sunglasses or something yeah. to see the future and avoiding <laughs> traffic in the future, but in the present day, I was like, oh, this is all this set is up. not all set up, no payoff. Yeah. Mm. So no, apart from deja vu, they are unstoppable together. Um, change. Uh, Chris. Uh, Chris Pine should say we're going to run this squirrel cover down. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, uh, my real one is while Chris Pine is punching Denzel Washington at the ceremony, um, (laughs) I think we should, in the background, we should see Dewey taking a passenger train hostage uh, because he wants his job back. (laughs) Therefore kicking off Unstoppable (laughs) 2. Victoria? So this is uh, it's a silly change because obviously you've got to, I suppose you've got to stick with how it happened in real life but if it was purely fictional when Will Coulson jumps onto the train all he is in that moment is he's brave he's not necessarily a train worker he's just a brave man in the right place at the right time mm. so there needs to be something super blue collar that he knows that gets him onto the train like he leaps onto it at a certain point and the shirts are like you cannot get on the train at that point because he knows this is not the thing I'm just doing this off the top of my head but like 
a secret door. <laughs> Shut up. There's a fucking escape hatch in speed. I, di- I didn't say a fucking word. Oh, they're fine because it's a podcast. People can't see your face. <laughs> but fine. So he just has to do something that is a thing that only they know, the blue collar train workers. Right. So that you, otherwise he's just a brave dude, isn't he, in that, yeah. at that oh, point? Like a secret door. Like a secret door. Yeah. Or I thought maybe like a lever. Oh, what else did I think? Wait, wait, it will come to me. No, it I hasn't. can't wait to read your next script. <laughs> Things are flying. Seek <laughs> the little yep. a ladder that yeah. no a ladder made and out then, of berries, yeah. and then Raven and Crow. <laughs> yeah, and they're hot together because they're both adjacent to darkness. Uh, yeah, Traven, Traven, <laughs> Eric, Traven. Thank oh, you. That's what it is. Of course. Oh, yeah, there you go again. Oh, of course, the crow. Yeah. Uh, my changes, I really think you should go all in. It, it shouldn't be Hooters. It should be a lap dancing bar. Fucking hell. Why would, not? Why not? <laughs> it would have been if this film was made in the 80s and Joel Silver was producing. 100%. Right. So there you go. That's my same, same black writing, Joel Silver producing. <laughs> That's what you're getting. These are my daughters. I'm a fan. <laughs> oh. And, and it, yeah, sorry, I was going to say something horrible. Let's keep going. <laughs> okay. Um, well, that's it then. Good. Should we do the verdict? Yes. Yes. So, Alex, do you want to... You say this bit, don't you, sometimes? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I got confused. Should we do the verdict? <laughs> no, let's do the verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth. <laughs> All right. Um, so, oh, let me think. Who do I think's voting for what? I think I know. Let, Alex, you go first. Okay. Um, I'm going to say this up top. Genuinely, in the history of this show, this has been one of the toughest choices for me. I found it really, really difficult. And unfortunately, I am going to prefix my decision by saying I'm not a huge fan of my reasoning for this verdict. Oh, excellent. So Speed is a stone-cold action classic. Although, as I said on Monday, I think the ending lets it down. It needed to end with the bus exploding. That said, I freaking love it. Unstoppable has Tony Scott doing the best Tony Scott work. And I love Tony Scott, especially paired with Denzel. It is not, however, the action classic Speed is. But, and here's my situation. I've killed Speed. I've watched it too many times it's lost its effect on me i didn't get the emotional hits that i usually get from it and for that reason i enjoyed unstoppable a lot more and so unstoppable is my winner this week wow. okay so it's now whichever film you've watched the least is no because i can uh, i know it sounds like weak reasoning but i just i genuinely got thrills watching unstoppable and speed yeah i yeah, it is that so it's unstoppable. It's unstoppable. Are you sure you're not changing your mind? I'm not going to change my mind. Okay. I'm oh, actually, wait, hang on. No, I'm going, I'm going unstoppable this week. I'm going to jump in now then. Um, I think Speed walks a fine line as it's very nearly a spoof watching it this time. <laughs> um, but in spite of Quentin Tarantino's claims, I think it's much more memorable and engaging. Also, I believe these movies live and die by their villain and Dennis Hopper is the dog's 
bollocks in speed. Because he's better than a train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, I think he's better than a train. Wow. That man is better than God, a train. God, is that his epitaph? Uh, <laughs> Dennis Hopper, a better villain than a train. Uh, so good as Unstoppable is, uh, speed is the one I'll be watching again. So that gets my vote. Oh, okay. Okay. It's Jeopardy. Yay. Because this was really hard. Right, wasn't really, it? Really, really, really hard. Speed is speed. You can't fuck with speed, obviously. Mm-hmm. Unstoppable is more exciting, though. Like, speed, as everyone says, is and there's a large portion of it where Sandra Bullock is driving in circles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so the, that's the thing. And the way that... I mean, Jan Bond is an amazing director, but the way that Unstoppable is directed, it's just, it, it just blows your head off and it, ne- it just, and it never stops and all of that. But speed is lots more fun because this blue collar thing does get a little bit grating after a while. Like there's sort of like, there's a lot of like politics run into it, which is all cool. But just when you're comparing it to speed, speed is just like pure fun. However... In Unstoppable, I'm such a sucker for this. You learn new things about trains. So I know, like don't laugh. and yeah, secret but you, doors. No, but you honestly do. And I love a script that's like, I'm not going to hold your hand too much, but I will teach you something new that you may not have any interest in. I do not know how to drive a train, but you feel like you're like, oh, dynamic braking or whatever. They don't tell you what that is particularly, but you're just told this thing will work. And the flange. And the flange. They don't say flange, do they? No. We've just discussed the fact they mentioned the flange in it. Do they say the word flange? Yes, that's yeah. why I talked sorry. about it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Anyway, um, so because <laughs> she, she wasn't talking, it's like you yeah, think you think when she's not talking, she's listening. She's not. She's talking in her head and working out what she's going to say next. Uh, like everybody in this room, <laughs> yeah, don't give me oh. that. Sorry, so, what? Sorry. <laughs> so anyway, listen. So then, obviously, it comes down to Sandra, who is my favourite woman, but. I watched Unstoppable yesterday and I watched it on a train. And so my experience was a little bit overwhelming. And I want to do my reasoning. I think I want to go with my brain and not my heart. Sandra is in my heart, but in my brain, I know which the, which film I enjoyed more and would watch again. And I would only be giving it to speed for the sort of legacy thing. I think Unstoppable is better. <gasps> so wow. even though Sandy's in it, because you need to know I won't just always blindly pick something with Sandra in it. And she's awesome in it. But Unstoppable just is more fun. Wow. Really. That's big. That is as big. I, I know. I don't. I'm not. Sometimes when we make big claims, I'm like, oh, we shot ourselves in the foot. But actually, I think this is a, this is a Fine. fair fair fight. I get it. Yep. It may well be a better film. Okay. It's just not my preferred one. No, great. Quentin Tarantino will be very happy. Good. And that's what this is all about. <laughs> hey, Quentin, thanks for listening. Uh, <laughs> so there we have a winner. Unstoppable is the winner of our first Clash Potters in Control. It continues, though. Next week, another Clash Potters in Control with another listener pick. V, what was the clue that you gave us on Monday and what are the films? So the clue was, but I like The Forbidden Fruit, which means you, Alex, are watching The Social Network and Chris is watching Steve Jobs. Woohoo! I don't know where they are because I didn't look. Chris? I, I did look and I forgot. They're, they're, they're on either Amazon. both on Amazon. They're yeah. both on Amazon, I think, on Steve Amazon Steve Jobs Prime. was... They were both on Netflix for ages, so they might still be there. Okay. I don't know. Useful. <laughs> <laughs> I remember once looking at Netflix and thinking, oh, look, the social network's on there. Could have been any time in the last four years, <laughs> yeah. but they could still be there. Last time I saw it was about three years ago. It was from Netflix. So. <laughs> Steve Jobs is on Prime Video. Excellent. And <laughs> uh, the social network is available to rent on Prime Video. I'm about to buy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just not the thing. All right, great. Are you done? That's. 
Oh, I feel like you, you're looking like you're about to add more information, so I'm unwilling to start the end. No, go. I'll butt in. <laughs> OK, so that is your homework for the weekend. We'll be announcing who the listener was that picked those films on the next episode, but it is The Social Network versus Steve Jobs. If you haven't already, please subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. If you butt in now, I will be angry. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ClashPod. We are back on Monday talking The Social Network. Have a great weekend. This was a Stack Production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.